you're listening to The Chartographers. Hello, everybody! You are listening to The Chartographers. It is a music-loving podcast for music-loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist, we rank it worst to best, and just forget about the rest. You know what the rest are? The D-sides, the G-sides, the stuff that's just kind of thrown into the ocean, the plastic beaches of the world. But hey, guys, listen what? Uh, we are here. <laughs> we just basically barely passed 5,000 overall plays, which is insane and amazing, Woo! and I want to thank all of you for listening and keep listening and ranking us and telling other people about it, because word of mouth is the best advertising, because we we don't have to pay for it. And here's the other thing. Uh, we are now here. We This is on an amazing another episode. Our 25th artist that we're covering? Our 25th, is actually. It? Yeah. Oh, all right. Which is crazy and real. And listen, we've gone from everything from modern and postmodern and everything else like that. But now we're not even going to review humans anymore. We're not even going to do that. We've reviewed all the artists that you could ever want in the world. So now we're going to do nothing but review cartoons now and cartoon bands. And that's why this week we are tackling, oh, you know it's coming, the one, the only, the second most popular cartoon group in the world outside of the Archies. That's right, guys. We're talking about the one, the only, Gorillas, Or uh, Space Monkeys if you're nasty. So, uh, the Gorillas, as we all know in London, well-ish, kind of, sort of, uh, is founded <laughs> by Damon Albarn. Uh, he is the lead singer of Blur, and after uh, no one liked his hip-hop shit in Blur because Graham wanted to do indie rock shit, uh, he's just <laughs> like, you know what, let me go ahead and do some projects. He kind of formed a whole shit ton of bands. He formed The Good, The Bad, of The Queen. He did Molly music. He did all sorts of stuff because yeah. he's Damon Albarn. Yeah, so many projects. Yeah, so many too projects. many projects. Actually, Woo. tone it down a bit, Damon. Uh, but yeah, for whatever reason, at the time he decided to actually do kind of a hip-hop collective with the artist Jamie Hewlett, uh, resulted in the biggest success he had stateside, and actually a pretty big success in the UK, too. Mm -hmm. uh, to the fact where this band, they started out in 2001 when their debut album came out, and they are still recording to this day, which is crazy, and that is why we are going to rank their albums from worst to best, because it's, you know, it's the Tartographers. It's what we do. We have a good time while doing it. We had some drinks. It's great. It's very British like that. Uh, what's that thing? We had a we had a pint Is of that lager. Why it's British? Because <laughs> we're drinking. We are drinking uh, American whiskey right I now. Feel like exactly. That's just a human experience. I get that. I mean that too. Certainly. I thought the British humans. invented drinking. Yeah, a, a human's experience. Yeah. That's why humans. we're drinkings with a Z too. Because that <laughs> makes sense. Uh, anywho, guys. So listen. Uh, we're going to be reviewing their stuff, but of course, in order to do it, we have to assemble. A crazy, incredible group of people, and that is exactly what we have right now. Of course, as you know, there is me. I am Evan Soddy. You might know me as uh, an editor over at Pod Matters. You probably know me as the host of this podcast. And if you know me as the host of this podcast, and you know the next person I'm going to be introducing, the uh, noodle to my 2D. That's right. <laughs> that one. sounds like the grossest, <laughs> the grossest names ever. Like, uh, oh, Noodle, oh, Tootie. Tootie. <laughs> 2D, the number two in the letter D. Uh, Taron O'Reilly, guys. You know him. You love him. He created this thing with me. It's been going on for 5,000 plays worth of material, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm blown away by that. I'm glad we're on this journey together. It's I know. Glorious. And I'm so... This is such a random band to be doing. Right! It's yeah. like, because we haven't done a Blur episode. <laughs> <laughs> we may we may at some point. Right. Although, and to be fair, I find most of their singles really obnoxious. Mm -hmm. But, anyway. You know, we'll get into it at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing is that, like, I know that, you know, there is one particular Gorillaz album that might be in your top ten albums of all time list. Maybe. Spoiler. I won't 
reveal it. Uh, but the thing is that well, you and I, home. yeah, you and I could do that, but we couldn't do it without that third voice that you just heard. Hey. That's right. Uh, he is actually a well-known director and actor here in Chicago. He has also been a guest on our dear friends over at Film Enthusiast. He's been a guest on their film podcast as well. In fact, I've been on some of those episodes as well, and it's been what? a glorious and wonderful debate. Guys, you know him, you love him. It's the one, the only JGT, John Gleason Tesky. Hi, everybody. Uh, uh, long-time listener, first-time podcast guest. Well, here, okay, so here's the Post other thing, though. John Gleason Tesky at a New Year's party, he confronted me in turn and said, but, like, he just kind of, we're talking about it. Like, have you heard it? He's like, no, I've heard every episode. And we're like, what? Wait, every episode? And it was just like... that's not a thing. That's not a thing, but he actually had heard every episode. And so as a fan of the podcast, we actually did some market research, and we've determined that people who are in a podcast are five times more likely to listen to it. Yep. So that's... I'm sorry, actually, the, I got the statistics wrong. It's 5% more likely to listen to an episode episode if they're in it so anywho yeah that's what we're hoping for we're gonna get that gleason tesky is that a real statistic <laughs> that no it's to correct it's the gleason tesky bump it's it, that five percent gleason tesky bump yeah, it's from the me as we know <laughs> it's the tesky touch it happens yes. every time so uh, listen uh talking about gorillas <laughs> tesky's leaving <laughs> Murdoch, no! I already appreciate him, because your reaction to Evan is very similar to mine. <laughs> Usually, oftentimes, it's like me rolling my eyes and our guest is laughing, and I somehow like, don't see that happening as much I've as known Evan I have Murdoch. cards and cards of pre-written jokes and material. I need to toss them all away. Uh, just like Jamie Hewlett when they got in a fight. Anywho, so guys, listen. Uh, we are talking about gorillas. If you want to get down to it, they have basically five regular... Well... Five-ish regular ass albums. Let's get to the the main ones. Of course, there was the debut, the very kind of you know distorted poppy uh, gorillas in two thousand one. There is the much more opulent Demon Days, which came out in two thousand five. Swap producers got in Danger Mouse instead of uh, Dan the Automator. Then of course there is the well you know they put it out uh, Plastic Beach in two thousand ten. <laughs> uh, it's a series of songs. Uh, <laughs> then they put out. It's, I mean the thing is it was initially an online free release and then they made it commercially available. So there is the Travelogue that is the Fall from two thousand eleven. We'll get into that. Uh, and then, of course, in 2017, the comeback that no one was anticipating or expecting, but Humans uh, came out in 2017, and it was a whole thing. But there's all of that. There's also some fucking qualifiers, as we know. Of course, there is their B-sides, rarities, comps, G-sides, and D-sides, corresponding to, you know, Gorillas and Demon Days, respectively. Uh, much like, uh, you know, I think it goes without saying, because they're amalgams of, like, unreleased songs from those sessions, and, and remixes, like, different and versions, demos, yeah. like, yeah. lyrics. Exactly, like, like yeah. they're, they're not stuff that we want to be including in the ranking. We'll certainly talk about them um, when we get into a little bit more. In the happy hour. Exactly, during the happy mm. hour minisode. Uh, and then, of course, there's also, like, the remix album that they did of uh, Like It Comes Home, as previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, with uh, Gorillas vs. the Space Monkeys, a group that existed for that album that never existed ever again. Kind of, I think Damon killed him off. I don't know. He could be a UK mafioso. I don't know these things. You know, it's interesting. As much as he says that he's about collaboration, he really doesn't work with the same people very often. Except De La Soul. He loves De La Soul. De La Soul. And they're down the for it. through line. Yeah. They're, they keep coming back, too. Yeah, right, yeah. If you, like, hear them talk about it, they're like, oh, yeah, so we were hanging out. And uh, I was like, well, why are you hanging out? Were you, you, are you into it? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly. He's a good dude, I guess. Uh, but, hey, listen, uh, at the same time, though, I feel like that's pretty... We don't have to include any of those things. We have the five eight main albums. The real point of contention, though, comes with The Fall, which Taryn, being a mad high school crazy Gorillaz fan... I was huge into it. Yeah, and he was not about The Fall. In fact, when we went into Research Week, he didn't even have The Fall, because... 
Because he just heard so many bad things about it. Or no, just no, like... I had not heard bad things about it. I attempted to listen to it when it came out. <laughs> he said bad got, things about it. <laughs> and got a couple songs in and was like, what the fuck is this? Not to spoil our ranking, but... Um, I no, know. we'll get to that in a second, all right? So, yeah, we'll talk oh, about gosh. it. But, yeah, we are counting it as an album uh, initially. And it gives us five albums, five stuff to go through. I think we're off to a great start. John Glizateski, how are you doing? I'm doing great. What was your favorite episode of the Chartographers that you listened to? Um, I... Yeah, we're doing this now. Right. <laughs> oh, we're doing this right now? I have a lot of feelings. Uh, here, here's the thing. Uh, the thing about I like about the Chartographers is even if I don't give a flying fuck about the band... I'm sorry, I don't care about the Decemberists, but I learned <laughs> so much about like pop culture and things that I, I just felt like very much like, oh, this is all you're I ever need know. to know about the Decemberists. It kept you cool and <laughs> that's, hip. Uh, that's fair. This Which is just amazing because yeah. you're 82 years old. Which is true. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I, I think you... Uh, there, um, sometimes my favorite times are when I'm listening to the podcast on the train and uh, I tell you both, Taryn, Evan... Uh, that you're fucking wrong, uh, but I say it out loud on the train. I'm like, no, that's not fucking true. No, absolutely not. Can yeah. I say fuck on this podcast? Um, we do. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. I, I just wanted to make yeah, sure. No, I just I, dropped it a bunch of times. I don't times really and filter I myself, so that's not... Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, um, but, for, but for those who subscribe to our Deluxe version, as you know, Chartographer's Deluxe version. <laughs> Chartographer's kids with the Z. Where we uh, not we take all our swear words and replace them with bouncy balloon sounds. It's amazing. It's boing. <laughs> you boinking people are boinking. <laughs> all right, all right. Lemonade what? is the best boinking album that you have. How could Lemonade not be number boinking one on that anyway? Um, <laughs> all right, we're off to a How great did start. We get here. <laughs> all right, let's do it, guys. Uh, ranking number five. One, two, three, four, five. We're doing the gorillas. John Glazentesky. Yes. Uh, we have five slots, five albums mm-hmm. to talk about there in terms of the gorillas and their weird and inexplicable magical influence that they've had over people for the longest time. What would you just nominate as the worst gorillas album? I don't think this is going to be a terribly unpopular decision, but I'm going to throw the fall right up there. <laughs> All right, let's... Let's talk about the fall a little bit. Now, the thing is that I, when we went into Research Week, the first question I had is that we all know that Damon Albarn is pretty much the mastermind of Gorillaz. He, mm-hmm. you know, in Blur, he was, you know, singer-songwriter, but he always had Graham Cox and the guitarist to, like, bounce off of and collaborate with. And here he worked with various producers like Dan the Automator and, you know, Danger Mouse to always kind of, like, give things to us. He's all about collaboration, and I get that, and I respect that. But the thing is that when I heard that Gorillaz is basically a collaboration between him and Jamie Hewlett, the artist, I'm like, okay, so what the fuck do they do? What does Jamie do? And Jamie, as I determined through all the different research he'd go into this week, he just does the drawings. That's all he does. Yeah, like, he does the but art. he's also like in the studio with them at the same time. He's like filming shit. So like, it's still kind of a nebulous variant. Yeah, you know, kind you of know I'm sure that like if he hates a song, it doesn't end up on the album. You yeah. know, like there's he has well, some like, executive veto power. You know, yeah, he, or you know, who knows if he's really in the studio for the entire recording, which is kind of what it seems like yeah. you know because that will maybe inform the art then maybe he has some input on like the textures that are chosen right but, but there was this article this amazing guardian article during the release of humans that came out which talked and jamie talked about they they had a big falling out after plastic beach 
and they weren't entirely sure why, but part of it was the fact that Damon had like half the mem surviving members of the Clash on stage and the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble and like all these other people, and like it's getting bigger and bigger. And Jamie's like, all right, so the big giant screen that they have in the background for like my animations and shit, that's getting bigger, right? And they're like, no. No, it's not. It's staying the same. So he just felt like he was kind of being diminished or his role was just, you're just the artist or whatever, even though that is what he is. So they had a falling out. So during that time, uh, when they were touring Damon, for whatever reason, iPads came out. iPads came out in 2010, <laughs> 2011. And Damon's like, oh, look at all these fucking apps I can play with. So there was this claim that The Fall was the iPad album. Everything went into or came out of an iPad. That was his studio. So there is like some acoustic guitar. There is some ukulele, you know, some other stuff on there. But it is all just Damon fucking around on apps for an entire album. So when Taryn said he had listened to it or didn't want to listen to it, I understood that impulse entirely because it is almost, not, like, yeah. Because we, we have sort of, it's not like a specifically a requirement, but we don't want to do an artist with less than five albums for the most part because mm -hmm. we want there to be enough of a Diversity, discussion. Diversity, yeah. And I almost didn't want to do Gorillaz because I was like, I don't want to talk about the fall. I'm listening to it this week, I was a little mistaken. There's a couple things worth hearing, yeah. and we'll get there. But it's just like it almost isn't a Gorillaz album to me because it doesn't. It didn't have any input from Jamie. I'm assuming yeah. it has almost no collaboration besides mm. Bobby, Bobby and Phoenix, right. which is one and of the that, best and that on yodeling there. fish at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. thank God, yeah. the Seattle yodel. Yodeling. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. But, no, it, it was it was a magical time because I'm listening to it and I wasn't super familiar. Like I knew the fall was a thing, yeah. and I listened to it once or twice, probably in passing. Like in passing, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was sitting there, and I was, and I so I've listened and during the research. I was going, you know, Gorillas, Demon Days, okay, the fall, and oh, this just sounds like he was fucking around on GarageBand. <laughs> and then I read that he was just fucking around on GarageBand, and that's where that album came from. Yeah, yeah. Like, it just, it blew my mind. Like, that, the credits on the album yeah. are actually a list of the apps that he yeah, used. It, oh, God, really? It, yeah. Oh, yes, God. yes, it's true. And it blew, like, because it, it was just so much, and, 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 and part of my, which we'll get into, like, part of my, I think, Plastic Beach was a little, like, uh, it had a lot of ambition and was really broad. And then the fall, listening to it afterwards, uh, what the fuck did, are you doing for half of it? Was I like that was just like garage. It was just like yeah. How I come mean, you're I mean, doing nothing? Like for example, if you take the fourth track, Detroit. Oh um, god. Ding, ding, that's the other thing about this album is that it's basically ding, just ding. a tour diary of their U.S. tour right. for Plastic Beach, which yeah. is obnoxious. Damon's tour diary, right? Right. Yeah. But so so Detroit. Is like almost a song that you could put like on. the synth line like, is like okay and, and, and you know, and it has some like interesting ding, percussion ding, bits ding, and ding, it's like ding, it's ding. an instrumental it's pretty nice mm -hmm. except that I I think all of the layers are unfiltered and all their default volumes like yeah. everything is at the exact same volume there's absolutely no mixing whatsoever and or so it sounds or shade. Yeah. unfinished <laughs> it sounds either either unfinished or sloppy like detroit and is so, the great idea of a song and it never becomes a it song doesn't, it's so far from exactly. being a song yeah, right yeah it's, it's just some dude fucking around it, it feels like if if somebody had sent you a link on facebook for their awesome soundcloud project that they're doing 
uh, at night when I got really drunk on a weekend, and you're like, you would be like, holy crap, dude! You should go to the music. This is a and not release project. this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and it, or like this, and it sounds a lot like. I mean, I think Gorillaz as a whole sounds like a badass soundtrack to something, which is kind of the point. Yeah. Right. Um, it diminishes as uh, Hewlett gets, you know boring or whatever to Damon. But, like, it sounds a lot like a soundtrack. So this sounds like the soundtrack to that movie your buddy made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, on his iPhone, which you're like, wow, that's a really good movie shot on your iPhone. This is a really good album for that SoundCloud account. And then you hear it by itself, and you're like, you don't have the movie, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And you're like, it's, oh. It's, it's a series of sounds. And then you, and then it's like, oh, it's the, the, the gorillas did this? Are you sure? Well, the thing is, it was released initially for free on their website. That makes sense to me. Then that they actually did an actual album physical release. It yeah. sold 50,000 copies in the U.S., and that's so upsetting to me. I'm like, <laughs> there's so many things that could be having those sales that, like, you you just, oh, I don't know, it just irritated me. That being yeah. said, there are some not terrible moments on here. Right. Sure. Sure. Like, um, my favorite is Revolving Doors. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. A, a brilliant track. I would say it's on, like, you know... It's like regular Gorilla's B-side level quality. Or even like regular Gorilla's like lesser album track kind of quality. Sure. You know? But, um... It's a nice little acoustic jam. Right. Yeah. And that's... it. The times that this album works is basically every time he brings in an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Fucking like Bobby and Phoenix. I love that. Like yeah. anytime he's like, oh, this is more than just iPad sounds. Mm-hmm. It's right. like, oh, that's when this album works. Exactly. I also am a big fan of uh, Amarillo, personally. It kind of has this mm-hmm. nice little synth kind of like, you know, waves. This nice little yeah, and I feel on. like with yeah. all of the like white noise that's in that, it it's a callback to the first album for me. Because yeah. there's a lot of just like wind noise or like whatever yeah. on the first album and that Amarillo is kind of that same vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I found myself nodding to songs that a lot. I I mean, whatever. Like fun or to Arizona doesn't make. I think those words are just connected to each other. But I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. This is fun. This is like this is not the greatest song that, on the album even. But like, I'm I enjoy this. I enjoy this listening. And then there's to those it, like, other songs that are just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, how about Hilly, Hillbilly Man? Which is like the, the the vocal sample there. It's very processed, but he's definitely just going. Hubbly, hubbly man, hubbly, hubbly man. And you're like, oh, wow, Damon. You yeah? just had to make a song out of that? Cool. Uh, cool. Stay tuned for the Happy Hour Minisode where I talk a lot about hillbilly man. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just, let's right. just put that That being said, I think we're all in All right, yeah, let's stop talking all, about it. Uh, yeah, it doesn't need any more words or anything else like that. But now things get a little bit more interesting because we got Gorilla's Demon Days, Plastic Beach, and Humans. Taryn, Mr. Gorilla's Man yourself. What's your nomination? Number four spot. I mean... Hot spot. As as much as I do have, like, a soft spot for parts of this album, it has to be Plastic Beach. For right. me. Um, I, it starts out really strong. I think it has, you know, if you go get to, like, Rhinestone Eyes or, like, Empire Ants, their uh, collaboration with Little Dragon, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoy, and that's on the first half, and then once you get past Empire Ants, which is track seven, it just fucking plummets. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. It's just like, it's, it's like, the reason there was no B-side compilation for Plastic Beach is because <laughs> the B-sides were the second half of the album. Yeah. They were already The B-side of the vinyl, yeah. Yeah, and it just, like, you get, you get tracks like Sweepstakes, 
which um, I just don't. Sweepstakes keeps thinking it's a song, and it's not a it song. Is, it's yeah. not a song. But it's trying so boom, hard. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, you know, I really it wanted it to be a like, song. It, <laughs> and I, think, I liked it. Yeah. I think that they bring back like Symphonia Viva or Hypnotic Brass. I forget which one. Yeah. But like, and that's like the only great part of Sweepstakes is when the horns come in and you're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Music, right. There's music happening and then they leave again and it's just Mos Def over like this yeah. nothing. And Mos Def was also on Stylo and I just feel like he was underused for a majority of this album. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the other weird thing about Stylo is that like that baseline is iconic. I remember being so hyped yep. when that was. The first single and that video with Bruce Willis, like that's that's. And Bruce Willis just giving it his all in that fucking music video. That that video and that first Uh, single like signaled a better album than what I know. It was weird though because I remember like Stylo. I would say Stylo is not a good song. It try it basically is kind of like Damon trying to do the Knight Rider theme in his own fucking aesthetic. That's basically what he's trying to do. But the thing is that like I remember thinking and I'm like. I just think it was such a weird choice of a single. And then Taryn challenged me. He's like, okay, well, what would you have picked? What would you pick instead as a lead single I from know. this album? And I'm like, ah, uh, as a lead single especially, like, ah. Uh, and, you know, the closest I could come to is Welcome to the World of the Plastic Beach just because right. Snoop Dogg's charisma right. drives. I mean, it did just, get its own video. Yeah. So, so good. So yeah. I was like, ah, okay, Snoop Dogg. Well, I mean, oh, anytime Snoop Plastic, Dog. I mean, like, Snoop Dogg still makes a lot of things how great Plastic Beach. You know, right. like, there's yeah. that, yeah. you know, like... Oh. And again, the horns on that one. Uh-huh. I mean, like, mm-hmm. that's not, like, a brilliant song, but it is a very good mood setter yeah. to open this album. And yeah. although it's goofy and kind of terrible at the same time, uh, Super Fast Jellyfish, I'm still Super delighted fast. by. Super I'm... Fast Jellyfish. It's, it carries on a fine line of rap songs breakfast. about breakfast. There's so be, many of those. Whether it be Murr's on DJ Z Trips albums, mm-hmm. uh, or the, the fucking uh, Noisy Eater by uh, off of the Avalanche's latest effort, Wildflower. Like, there is a long line of rap songs about breakfast, and this continues that line very, very nicely. Mm-hmm. Worst De La Soul... Oh my god, De La Soul actually kind of annoys me a little bit on this one. Don't waste time! Like, okay, you can guys can stop a little, you know, additional... Well, don't you think that sounds. was, like, more Damon than them? Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, the tr- that's the thing, yeah. we have no idea. This but... definitely sounds like the album where, I mean, though I'm sure they're unreleased, uh, and for good reason, it seems like there's hundreds of hours on the this album well, that are yeah. not... I mean, yes. Well, like, for example, for Bobby Womack's part on Stylo, he recorded, like, two and a half hours of improv into a microphone. And then Damon just, like, cut together this little verselet to be used in this song. A cute little verselet. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why it's so incoherent. And that's, um, we were reading an interview with him where he was like, oh, there's just no rules. Or, like, when he's talking about... He did yeah. a song exploder for um, Andromeda, Andromeda, Andromeda off yeah. of humans, where he's just like, oh, yeah. I just like, I'm just making sounds like it's just whatever words come out of me for like the demo. And then he usually doesn't write other lyrics. So like when it sounds like gibberish, when it sounds like words that have nothing to do with each other. That is correct. She turns that my is... dad on. I... <laughs> but, and that's the thing. Like, I, yeah. I feel bad though because Plastic Beach, it's it's full of ambition. Every song has a completely different color and texture and mm-hmm. feel to it. Like every song is distinct in their own way. But I don't remember like the choruses of practically any of these. Like it's it's like a hard stretch. Like it's a pleasant enough like i'm look, looking at the, the thing right now and to binge i don't i've heard these albums multiple times this week and to binge i couldn't tell you what that sounds like that's the one where it's like the slide guitar that's like 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. This, yeah. Is, this is me legitimizing that I, A, did not remember what that was at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be... Rem- See, I, I guess my argument for Plastic Beach is if we could have, like, the good parts of Plastic Beach and also a second album of the bad parts of Plastic Beach, the good parts would be much higher. Oh, yeah. On the, if, yeah, like, that's if, the thing. is like, uh, for me, Rhinestone Eyes is one of my favorite Rhinestone realist songs. Like, yeah. That, I mean... Like, factories fall away. You know, the 2D spoken word thing, I feel like he found a really good way to make yeah, that exactly. work. Yeah, And that's the thing. I'll give credit to Damon Auburn. As much as he's just kind of this wispy whatever, he finds incredible vocal hooks all the way through. He finds yeah. incredible ways to just, like, melodicize his lines. Mm-hmm. Even though it's kind of this broken boy in the corner kind of thing also, uh, that's out there. I know you don't necessarily agree with me, but I love White Flag. Yeah. I... I do. I I think I, honestly, just the the National Orchestra intro part. Yeah. Um, Intro's just phenomenal. Gorgeous. I'm not denying that. Right. And then yeah. I feel like once um, the second verse with Kano comes in and the the beat mm-hmm. gets a little more hype, I'm like, okay, yes, now it's getting somewhere. Yeah. And I just, as a note in general, I appreciate that song because it features the Syrian National Orchestra for yeah. Arabic music, which almost definitely does not exist anymore. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A nice little yeah. Time and that's the thing. Like I know Damon. He has a you know he is a big uh, world music aficionado, but he always has a great way of being able to incorporate that into his work as well. Because he's done other like world music styled albums or compilations or things like that, which are certainly not commercial. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, but he always finds a nice way to articulate it through this very British, you know, very you know, like and to a degree Americanized mindset. Too. Well, and it's fascinating because that's something that I just realized about him with like within the past couple days is that there really is a giant talking heads influence here Mm -hmm. like not only i mean if you listen to that the the first the debut gorillas album there's multiple songs on there that sound a lot like late stage talking heads that sort of like world beat then he has all the world beat side projects like he has his own record label where he's bringing these african artists in Mm -hmm. and he has Tina Weymouth on the first album, which I had no idea yeah, about. Yeah, that was a like revelation. Two days ago, <laughs> Your mind was blown. I, my mind happened. was so blown. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 she's singing on 19-2000? That's insane. Yeah. But anyway. So that being said, though, unless there's a crazy argument against it, I personally am okay with putting Plastic Beach at number four. Or... Have we shat on it enough yet, though? Because think, look at all of these songs. Yes, all from here. Yeah. That's that's I I <laughs> think there 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 is an argument that can be made. I'm not gonna say that I'm going to uh, the, the syrupy pop of uh, on Melancholy Hill. Uh, yeah, but, can I tell you? By the time we get to track ten, which is on the latter half of this album, like oh, I go, oh, that sounds like a single. Yeah. Uh, like, thank you, thank you um, for coming back to something that I can connect to and go, oh, that's a, I could watch that on MTV too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And everyone else feels the same way because obviously Plastic Beach came out at the beginning of the YouTube era. Right. And so that is now their like second most watched video is on Melancholy Hill. Which, Which is, it's a cool music video. I yeah. don't think it's their best song, but uh, like, by, it's, yeah, it's by very... a far length, it was also the best charting song on the British side of the charts, too. So, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's. Besides Dare, though, right? No, I mean, for, uh, oh, for Plastic, Plastic Beach. Yeah. yeah. This, this is. Uh, that totally makes sense. This is definitely an album that, like, I feel like was trying to do too many things. Yeah. In a way that, like, for the first, especially for the first three strong song stretch, and wow, oh, Ryan's so nice, four song stretch. And then the silo didn't 
didn't wow me, but I appreciate it because I adore most death. It was like I had so much hope. I had so much like this was this was bigger to me than gorillas. This was bigger mm-hmm. than a lots of stuff on Demon Days, and this was it, it could maybe go to places. That just have some would wow me. it into a fucking song if he feels like this. Yeah, and then he, yeah. And it yeah. kind of fizzles and out. And the other thing, they le- there's so many like down-tempo, floaty bullshit songs <laughs> on the second half, but it's just, like, that's not... Right. There wasn't any... Like, when there was, Air. like, lower <laughs> to mid-tempo tracks on the earlier albums, they had texture to them. They had something mm-hmm. odd happening, something a little unnerving, or just, like, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's just, like, a thick vocal filter. I don't know. Whereas on Plastic Beach, it's just... It just gets a little more placid. So I'm okay with putting it at number four. Let's That's do it. Me. Let's do it. This is definitely listen. You maybe skip the fall, but like definitely take time to appreciate listen Plastic to, Beach if you haven't. Listen to the first half yeah. of Plastic Beach. Yeah. And if you're really curious, the last half. But only if you're really curious and not the fall. Most Depp did sweepstakes in one take. Uh, so as shitty as it is, he did it in one take. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. High five most Depp. No. Or am I doing right. that? No, you're not. Taking, you're not most definitely. I'm taking a high five um, on this But like, and I wanted to like, <laughs> we can edit this out in post, right? Uh, but I won't post. But, <laughs> but we don't have a budget for that. <laughs> uh, but I, but like, I wanted, to, I wanted to like, as much as it was really disappointing the second half, like I appreciated that they tried. And, and, no, and, then, and then you devolved into a pilot. You turned it, it to Murdoch. He turned it to Murdoch. Didn't right do there. I didn't even yeah. appreciate that they tried because it kind of didn't feel like they were trying. Like when you get bullshit like some kind of nature or broken, like these are just generic ass songs. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Were you expecting anything out of Lou Reed at this point? <laughs> I mean, listen, um, he did that song no, with the Killers that also, was also pretty terrible, too, I just too, around wasn't this expecting time. Lou Reed in general. Right. I so wasn't expecting Lou Reed, and I was very excited that Lou Reed was on the album, and then I remembered Lou Reed um, hasn't done anything worthwhile in very outside long the time. time. <laughs> outside the time he interviewed me, but that was before this. I could have sure. dissuaded him. <laughs> sure, That was sure. his own thing. So also, but also for the record, I'm really pissed off that it sounds like Beck heard the song Broken and was like, I need to write a song based off that. And wrote the song Wow, which is one of the shittiest singles he ever did in his entire life. That's its own thing. Okay. Beck rant over. Hashtag Beck, <laughs> hashtag Beck rant. All right, guys. Number four, Plastic Beach. It's good. All right, so now we're down to the top three of, you know, the five song, five on discography. But, oh, there's so much to talk about. And my nomination, because it's my turn now in the nomination process, it has been very agreeable so far. But I would say number three, it should be pretty obvious. If we put Plastic Beach at number four, Humans has to be up next. I mean, also, how can it not be... Guys, guys, guys. Taryn's looking uh, looking very for something from me. She's coyly. I, was, yeah. I don't know. I was waiting for your reaction. I, I think this is the point where we have to like sidebar for just a second and sidebar. go, what exactly is it that we're ranking? Right. Um, are we ranking the songs? Are we ranking uh, Gorillas as a band? Are we ranking the albums as albums? Um, yeah, it's kind of three ways of saying the same thing, but all right. But it isn't. But it isn't <laughs> because I think Humans is filled with good songs with really talented artists. Yeah, and I think it's not a great Gorillas album because mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like the Gorillas, and I don't think right. it's a great album because it yes. doesn't sound like an album. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, now that I like, I like that argument a lot. Yeah. And the biggest thing about it is that, like, remember their comeback, their return was like 
holy shit, they're actually getting back together. Because we thought they I were I lost done. my damn mind. Yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. yeah, like, it was about fucking time. And they fucking ramped it up. There were apps you could download and do 3D <laughs> tours of shit. I and did you not. could do, like, you I know, 360 videos and other things. <laughs> I, I've been on gorillas.com enough. I, yeah, right, right. Right. You, you put in the first CD in your computer and got the key to Murdoch's van or whatever. So, you know, it's all good. You your ass out. You're damn right you did. <laughs> Uh, but the biggest thing is that uh, I feel like this one coming back here, like, okay, so they have all this time off, you know, they did a Blur album in between, like, you know, Damon was ready, him and Jamie, you know, like, you know, patch things up, it's great. And I feel like this is, it has honestly a lot of sonic similarity with this uh, Plastic Beach, in the sense that it is, like, an extremely overarching, overambitious Yeah, overambitious album. is a very good way to describe it. Yeah, and I, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, because I feel like it is more propulsive, certainly than uh, Plastic Beach. It's still, like, it wraps its shit up into more concise and accessible mm-hmm. and digestible forms. It's still it's, weird as hell. It's it's more of a modern um, producer showcase yeah. than it is a Gorillaz album. Yes. You know, because, uh, like, for the first three albums, for the most part, Damon was still singing the majority of every song. Sure. Uh-huh. There were guest artists, they had their time in the spotlight, absolutely, but I think uh, no on on every album before now there has been at least one song where it's it's solely a guest person giving the vocals. Mm-hmm. But there's like five or six of those on humans mm-hmm. where it's just like it doesn't even sound like this project anymore. Yeah. Right. And even if even if he is doing the vocals, it doesn't sound two D. Like, right. Yeah. It sounds like Damon doing the vocals for yes. this thing that he produced. Exactly. Exactly. And so there's a lot I like, and so again, I'm kind of in a torn thing. There's certainly more takeaways, individual songs that I have on here than I do over Plastic Beach. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Easily, right? And if we want to talk about the good stuff, uh, it's hypnotic, it's weird, it's nowhere near commercial, but the fucking Grace Jones uh, cameo on Georgia. That's legit my favorite song on here. And and like, in my top three favorite Gorilla songs at this point. It is just, it's His weird hypnotic vocal. Mm -hmm. from From the beginning... Like, they described Gorillaz self-titled as <laughs> zombie hip-hop, which is stupid, but also <laughs> totally accurate. <laughs> They've always had this, like, like this horror bent, there's demon mm-hmm. possession, etc. And Charger is like, I want an album of that, that to be just played on repeat on Halloween. Or yeah. just, like, like it needs to have a creepy-as-shit music video. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I would love when she, when a she's creepy just shit like, music video. And that's the other thing. Demon Days has so much maniacal laughter. <laughs> yeah. And Grace, Grace Jones yeah. is so good at that. She, you know, she like giggles her way. It's almost the like Eartha Kitt style. She's like, yeah. yeah, it's so yeah. Eartha And then she's like, provocateur. <laughs> it's what I want. And then it like, it comes in. Oh, that's, yeah, that's and, easily the. Right. And you actually even like the song Submission until Danny Brown comes in. You know what? And the Danny Brown verse has even like, I've gotten over it. <laughs> But, like, Kalela sounds amazing. Like, I feel like if it didn't have Danny Brown, that would be maybe possibly my favorite song on here. Yeah. Just because I think it's just so solid. She's she's giving an amazing performance. And then... But, like, the Danny Brown wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't following something so great. 
Like if it that if it right. was its own song, that's I'd be like, thing. okay, that's, that's an thing, okay track. That, like, that's, he sounds great on an Avalanche's album. You yeah. can bring in Danny Brown. Yeah. That's a very specific style. It fits Gorillas absolutely, sure. but not on that track. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that was giving that was doing her a disservice. Also, can I just say, I guess it's not totally consistent. But for the most part, if there's multiple features on this album, the woman is credited last, except for Mavis Staples. Oh, well, say, well, Sex Murder Party. Sex Murder Party? Yeah. Zebra Cats is listed last. Uh, yeah, that Jamie Principal is a man. Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, but then, like, for example, on the, on the bonus, on the bonus, bonus EP, yeah. when you have The Apprentice, it's Rag and Bone Man, Zebra Cats, and Ray Black. And it's like, Ray Black sings the second verse. Yeah. Why isn't she credited second? That's a good question. Uh, and th- for me, like, even honestly, I still kind of dig that De La Soul collab. I like moments a mm-hmm. lot. It's just, like, it's way more fun and engaging than their goofy, uh, super fast jellyfish uh, off the last one. Yeah. Like, it's just, it I has feel a like rhythm. the verses goes, are better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, clocks on the walk. Well, the this album in on general, the it's fully electronic. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's a party album, mm-hmm. you know, which is. It's an apocalyptic party album. Because right, it opens sure. with Ascension. And Vince Staples' verse on there is pretty brutal. Like, it's like, I don't even love this song, but by the time he gets to that fucking ending verse of just, like, you can have everything you want as long as you don't look like me, like, there's, like, some fucking Venom yeah. man points to yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Do you know, this, this, as they were going into the studio, everybody was told that they were doing this sort of, like, post-apocalyptic, like, dealing with whatever kind uh-huh. of future we're gonna have. Mm-hmm. It's, what he said is, and this was, you know, early 2016, a lot of this was recorded. Early, you know, late 2015, early 2016, these conversations were being had uh-huh. of imagine like you were writing songs as though Donald Trump was president of the United States. Like, right. like as though that would be crazy and horrible. Right. right? So, yeah. like, imagine that. So I think part of this part of me listening to this album over and over again, I was like, oh, you're. Oh, I'm already feeling these things. So, like, the, the emotion behind it, I don't. I don't it's need not, more. Right. I think that's fair. And I feel like it, it, it's kind of this confluence of different things. Like, Damon said that. He wanted to make a post pre-Donald Trump apocalyptic whatever out. And Jamie, he's like, you know, we're checking our phones all the time. Like, we're becoming machines. Right. And that's why for the cover art for humans, I was like, what if the characters are actually more human than humans? You know what I mean? That's why it's humans with a Z. Like, it feels like there's opposing philosophies kind of going on here, which is why it's a mixed model down. Admittedly, Plastic Beach was its own mixed muddled album as well. An ambitious mixed muddled album, much like this is. But still, I don't know necessarily the points of a lot of right. it. Right. It know? feels like yeah. somehow, even though they're collaborating, they have different inspirations <laughs> for the same project. Right. Like, they have the same end point, but their ideas behind how they got there are, like, yeah. not the same. It's very interesting. But even then, even then, it's like, even still with humans, he didn't put the iPad down. And he uh, made lots of these songs, Damon did, before anybody got in the studio. And he just, like, bare bones a lot of it on his iPad on GarageBand. Although, it, as a multi-million dollar not, recording artist, I don't... I, but as like, obvious this time. Right. It's not as obvious, but it... But, but, but the, it is accurate. But, but then he, like, built this and then went, hey, this is, like, dark... Trump president, however you feel about the Trump presidency, this is not, you know, like, this is this is the thing that I'm putting in front of you. Just go deal with your stuff. That's, I'm not doing a British accent. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and so then, and there was a lot of, like, 
improv and the, the like the four hour sessions of like going through how you would feel and like mm-hmm. ranting about what's on your mind right. on that kind of thing. And it, and, it, and it feels very much like, oh, I know what I'm doing as, you know, Damon knows what he's doing, Jamie knows what he's doing, and then everybody individually is knowing what they're doing, and then they're wrapping it all together in post. And they're, like, cutting and editing in yeah. post. Which is why the bonus ed- edition of this, the last oh, edition yeah. has, like, a five-song bonus EP. Right. And the, it, yeah, uh, yeah and, and the bonus EP is, like, really fucking good. The like, Apprentice. These are songs... The Apprentice yeah. is one of my favorite songs on here, easily, yeah. and it's not actually on the album that <laughs> right. ranking. Why is it so, not on the album? Okay, so I read in one of the interviews was that when he realized that Trump was actually president and he wanted to go full bore into this concept, this, like, this party for the end of the world, this is the mm. worst thing ever thing, Brexit happened, mm. Trump was president, he cut most of the UK collaborators. No, he cut oh, he cut most the of the like Rag and Bone Man and Ray Black were both from the UK and like that's that's why those songs got relegated to the second disc was because they no longer fit the concept of the album. Which is like both both you're like, okay, I kind of get it and also on the other hand it's like dickish. no one fucking cares. Right. Just put out the best songs. You're not you're not making this long, very detailed story album, man. Like Right, right. <laughs> like even less so than the first two, which were not story albums. Yeah. But even less so now. It's like this is not right. a coherent concept. Like you don't have to follow these rules. Yeah. So, the favorite, least favorite songs, just out of curiosity. Because I think, it seems like we're all pretty much in agreement that Humans is going to be number three. Yeah, I mean, like, our least favorite songs in here, I do, I have a soft spot for Sex Murder Party, even though it's stupid. (laughs) Really? Because I hate it. Really? I'm more of a line of hating it, too. Sex Murder Party! Like, no, I only no, really like. Yeah, no, you're right. I probably don't actually. <laughs> I, I feel bad because like I want to like Hallelujah Money, but I feel I like don't. Oh, I, it's so formless. I know. It See, is. that's the I kind the of title. You have a great title. I um like I hated it at the beginning, and then I go, oh, this is kind of an album or an, a track I'm supposed to hate. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> so you just became the contrarian at that point? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, this this kind of sucks. But, like, everybody's just kind of... This feels like one of those albums with a bunch of tracks, especially if you add on all of the extra tracks that are in the universe You know, right and now, now. It's, there's, like, a bonus single, Sleeping Powder. Too, right, it's like, right. Which like, is, oh, this gets its own music video, but it's not even on the deluxe 26-track edition of the album. <laughs> like, we get a 27-track... And All right, Kanye. Separately. God damn it. Yeah, um, it's a little Kanye. Isn't yeah, it? and Damon, you're not Kanye. Except the thing is, he's been doing this for a while because both Demon Days and Plastic Beach had their own like side singles. Demon Days had Rocket, and Plastic mm-hmm. Beach had fucking Donkomatic with yeah. Daily, mm-hmm. which yeah. are both like pretty good songs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but this one also has "We Got the Power," and I actually really yeah, like "We Got the Power." I do. We got the power. You know, like when those drums come in, and it's just like you know this energetic party. Like and that's, that's like, the only real like party party song on here you know yeah yeah honestly yeah. like even it's it's described at this as this party for the end of the world but i feel like the the paranoia and the like horror aspect comes through on it like it's on charger it's the carnival is so freaky saturn, as fuck saturn and, and also unnecessary all my life saturn bars also like this is one where I'm like, why the fuck was that the single? Why yeah. is that yeah. the single that gets the actual music video? Because yeah. yep, the kids love Pop Can. <laughs> it's like he was on have, the Jamie XX album. <laughs> this is the album where you have Charger, 
which like would have been a weird as hell choice. Oh, for it would a have been single, such a great but it introduction have to been the a album. Yeah. Well, like even Andromeda. Andromeda has proven to be a pretty popular track, and I feel like if it had been pushed as the single, it could have like performed yeah. as one. And I feel like they've gotten to a point. They, the gorillas, they uh, have gotten to a point where like I don't know. People bought fifty thousand copies of the fall, the man. Like, fall. like, and, and, like you can push a weird single, and, and it'll get there. And yeah. people that's will the get thing, there. Is their past successful singles are weird songs? These are not like pop mm-hmm. radio structured tracks. Yeah. So that being said, let's just go ahead. Let's just do something. Let's lock in humans at number three. And now... Oh, the- I do just want to say, before yes. we leave humans for good and forever, uh-huh. is Strobe Light, the third track in here featuring Pevin and Everett. Pevin Everett. Uh-huh. Um, it's Pevin. a little annoying because it really doesn't seem like a gorilla's song. It's Pevin and, like, a chorus singing this track, but it's one of the best things on here. Sure. It's, that's that's. I think I feel like that and We Got the Power are the only two tracks that really feel like party tracks. Yeah. I, well, I mean, I've, I've been to the party for almost every one of these tracks. They're not great parties, but I've been to that yeah. party. Yeah, let's go to a yeah. She's My Collar party. That sounds great. I've been to the uh, She's My Collar no, party. I totally I'll tell you later. <laughs> uh, All right. But, but, uh, Speaking yeah. of collaborators that don't need to be there, <laughs> Damon, what is Kali Uchis adding to this <laughs> Why is she here? She's the Uchiest. <laughs> uh, and speaking of speaking of the UGS, John Glesenteski. Yes. Now listen, I'm you're in the nomination spot now. We've all had a turn. And listen, should we nominate or should I, we just discuss? I think we. I don't. I don't feel comfortable nominating. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Okay. In that case, let's go ahead. Let's go in sequential order and discuss the two albums that we have remaining. And I have a feeling if you're even a casual fan, you probably knew that the 2001 debut album Gorillas and the 2005 follow up Demon Days. You know those were going to be the ones they were talking about. Like, because the, the break-off of quality between the last three albums and the first two is pr- larger than you think. It's actually pretty decently large. I feel like the break-off for Humans is less big. Yeah. Like, Humans is consistently enjoyable, yes. at the very least. From start to finish, you're like, you're... I'm glad you're I have to... it in my life. Right, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, these first two are just, like, so good. Like, yeah. it's, it's sort of incredible that this is the same... Band project yeah. as the other albums. Well, let me have. tell you, when I get because we all heard Clint Eastwood as the lead single from Gorillas, the thing that launched this all the way into the world. And when I bought that <laughs> album, when I bought that fucking thing, when I put that CD in, and the first song that came up there was Rehash, and it follows it up with fucking Five Four. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is great. This is sounds nothing like Clint Eastwood. It's kind of like this weird. Like indie rocky, but in its own weird kind of universe kind of thing with like dirty keyboards and like rising choruses and drum fills. I was digging the fuck out of it. And then Tomorrow Comes Today comes on, and it's this like weird, weavy other universe. And I was like, this has got to be the greatest album of all time. Uh, and for a while, when I was younger, me, and I heard it like for the first half, like all the way up to like, you know, track five, maybe six, depending on my mood, uh, like I was like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. And then it gets into some fucking weird ass shit after that but let me just tell you that first album was just such a weird amalgam of hip-hop indie rock all sorts of other things together genre bending yeah which is like Mm -hmm. what my favorite albums are are always genre bending it's when you really you don't define yourself by one style and you just 
pulled But it's still your aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. your aesthetic is consistent. And that's so true on this first Gorillaz album. There's a weird sort amount of, of confidence like an coming out. Overarching haste, <laughs> yeah. which is sort of a weird thing to say, but it's so accurate. Like there's this sort of like almost a like a record filter over it. Yeah, like this dusty little crackle yeah, that you can kind yeah. of hear. But then again, like this is the same album that actually it can house something like fucking five four. This little good La Japame, you know, it can have that. Japame. And then you can also have Rock the House, this horn driven sample based Del the Funky Homo Sapiens feature, and it works in the context. Those feel like they come from the same source. Yeah, I feel like especially actually the transition from double bass, which is low key one of my favorite tracks on here <laughs> totally an instrumental it's probably because i've been with it for a decade uh-huh. but i just those combating bass lines and that boop, 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 i don't know i love it but then going from that that very like low-key sonic soundscape and then it just breaks into immediately that horn riff on rock yeah. the house it's like oh shit it's happening yeah i uh was more resistant to this album than either of you. Oh. I was like, okay. So when it that, first came out? Or yeah, like when, it first came, okay. when it first yeah, came yeah. out. Uh, I was like, okay, all right. So they got that that good Paul Newman song. Paul Newman? Whatever. Some gold white dude Randy song Newman? that doesn't make any sense um, for the name for what it is. Uh, oh, okay, I get it. Oh, it's Clint Eastwood. Okay, all right. Oh. That's okay. That's a weird video. Sure, whatever. All right. <laughs> this, these are dancing. This is never going to last. <laughs> like, I was definitely, like, very much... These cartoons, These trend assholes. Yeah. The thing is, like, I don't think that they expected it to last right. either. But but here's the... Like, <laughs> in, in retrospect, especially listening to this whole album straight through for the first time in however many years for, for this particular thing, I went, oh, I've listened to every one of the... Almost every one of these songs in its own context in its own, like, uh, because I've enjoyed it, because I put it on fucking mixtapes or whatever, because it's yeah. been on commercial after commercial that I didn't mind getting too unindated with it. Like, it's it, it, there's so many songs here that I knew. Uh-huh. Like, I knew without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, like, re- reminded me of places and things, because, <laughs> because in it, in which went, oh, and I didn't try and listen to this album, I, I I tried not to listen to this album, and it still, like, vibrates at the same frequency of my soul and my youth. Like, what the fuck, guys? Like, good job, <laughs> is, is what I thought about in, in, in Research Week. It's like, everything is great. Everything feels like, and this is what, uh, to me, is the biggest departure uh, from the first album to even humans, is that this feels like, oh, you've got a bunch of pop single hits that are still real funky. Uh-huh. Like, everything sounds like something marketable, which, you know, is not necessarily It doesn't even intent. feel like that was, like, the intent of it. Because At all. then you hear, like, you hear, like, man research clapper. You know, the yeah, silly... Yeah, 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 But, like, I was there for it. Right. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm showing up. Into it. We yeah. love that one. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and then even, as much as I'm kind of a annoyed by it like again talking about those demon vocal hooks yeah you know like and then, well, but then that, that turns into a completely different that song that so it fascinating because it, it that song starts and it's just vocal and like cricket samples basically <laughs> right and then it goes into this full like hip-hop breakdown which since we're mentioning the hip-hop breakdown it is we have to mention dan the automator yeah. oh yeah a huge collaborator on this album and we we were reading a uh an 
interview with him from this 2001 era, yeah. earlier today where he was talking about how he Damon. wrote Damon was talking about how he wrote and produced about half of this album by himself and then decided that he needed a different outlook to come in and work with him on it and that's when he brought him down the automated good call and so yeah. like and the thing is like knowing that you're like oh yeah obviously like m1a1 i fucking love that song sure. it's weird as hell it samples i believe like the original dawn of the dead or something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah. yeah um it, but it's it works but it's like full-on punk yeah. Much, like, yeah. much better than punk, by much, the way. Mu- much better than punk. Yeah. Which is not my favorite song on this album. Good stretch, but like... <laughs> I like it better than everything on the fall. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I would so listen... The, like, yeah. it's not a song that I... I it's uh, There's nothing on this album that I skip. Mm. Like, here's... Okay, so here's the thing. Yeah. That was my thing, Riven, thinking about it this week. Where, like, I always had a fond, fond memory of this. Actually, and then generally my research week was like... These albums, a lot of them were way better than I remember them. That was kind of mm-hmm. the big revelation. And Gorillaz, especially, I'm like, it's not flawless. It feels close to flawless, though, it's at a couple of times. Like Latin Simone, I could probably you know be okay yeah. with that listening to. Yeah. Starshine kind of. And the thing whatever. is, like Latin Simone, like I even like the idea. Right. Like, like yeah. if you had done this thing but better, I'd be all about it, but you didn't do it better. Yeah. And then what was the other one on here? Oh, New Genius. <clears throat> That's like it. That's the first time like I feel like the horror really comes in here, and it's like then I promise you that the river ain't deep. Like that's that's also it feels so soulful. Like that's that like almost yeah. That's where you come in and you like it makes sense that you brought in so many of these like classic R and B singers as your guests on later albums because mm-hmm. you clearly you already yeah. like you knew how to do this thing right away. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Demon Days, their follow-up, and also inexplicable bestseller too. Because don't get me wrong, I'm sorry, Clint Eastwood. Inexplicable. Yes, because here's the thing: Clint Eastwood was a hit, and we are, as you know, John Glusteteski said, 192000 was actually a single. There's a Soul Child remix of it that is actually fantastic, so fantastic. way better, way better than the kind of irky jerky it, well, it, keyboard. It, it, like, it, it pops up the tempo and yeah. adds like a couple more synth layers. It keeps all of the original layers. Right, it, and it just like it just like gives it that little that extra like thump, that pop optimism. radio, yeah, which kick. is awesome. But and so therefore, when they put out as a single from Demon Days this song called "Feel Good Incorporated," you actually, I listened to it just today, and I was really focusing on the transitions because it really is a more akin to System of a Down's Chop Suey than it is with anything else because it is like sure. eight different songs <laughs> together, and somehow I'll, they work. I'll give you, it's at least three different songs. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. It is, these are not like coherent pieces and it's just like it's just it's going and it has its hook and then you know he's doing his like this fucking word and I'm doing a verse and then it's like (laughs) (laughs) and then all of a sudden the drums stop and then there's the guitar there is three separate instances kind of overlaid together of ha 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 and it's like different ha ha like, yeah, and I was, and, and I like. That's he, the other thing. Oh my god! What pop single has maniacal laughter? Multiple like, times. Multiple, multiple times. times, and you're like, it opens and closes and hands it in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. And Dayless will do great maniacal laughter. Let's oh, do. Yeah, they do. It's my chocolate attack. I mean, I 
I could like do that verse for you right, right. now. Happy Hour Minnesota coming right after this. I have to that song so yeah. many fucking times. Uh, and yeah, that's the other thing too where it's just like I feel like again Damon especially now that you have Danger Mouse as a collaborator and Danger Mouse don't get me wrong I love Danger Mouse. I'm a big fan of his work with Gemini. I love the Grey album. He's decided to become a rock producer. He's a really boring rock producer. I really don't like almost any of the albums he's done as a rock producer. They're really gray and drab and surprisingly not like filled with color or texture or everything. His work on Demon Days is pretty great because he knows like what to make, how to make a song pop. So many of these songs here actually end up like these little string sections that kind of come yeah. in and percolate yeah. and kind of add it to a little oh, bit. Oh, like yeah. El Manana, for yeah. example, which yes. was not yes. my favorite song yeah. when I was a big fan of this in high school. And then over time has really grown on me. And that full, like, it's, it's basically like the last minute and a half are like, um, sort of dueling string parts. Yeah. Like, overlaying yep. each other and, and doing, I can, and, like, and I'm sorry. melodies. That's not Damon. I'm sorry. No. That, like, clearly. No. Yeah, exactly. No, no. Yeah. there's no way. Yeah. And that's, like, similarly, my favorite Gorilla song is on this record, and that is Every Planet We Reach is Dead. Oh, which yeah. is that, this, like, slow burning, it's almost bluesy with the tempo, mm-hmm. and it's featuring Ike Turner on jazz piano, yeah. and he's fucking tearing it up in this, like, fully explosive outro. But then the verses are also this, like, low, like, this classic gorillas, like, again, it's very minor key, there's so much tension, and he's just, it doesn't even fucking matter what the lyrics are about. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, but like, oh. and then, like, gets to my whole point about Demon Days, and actually, honestly, gorillas as a whole, is I feel like Damon act just like he has he knows how to stumble into a good song because it's yeah. so little of it feels <laughs> deliberate you know you think about it dare you like it's coming up it's coming up it's there and then you have this little synth part do you do you know you have that and then you have these little like choir vocals these like in the background like yeah. it's spooky well, but it's dancy and it's like all these things together dare dare has one verse yeah and it just repeats that yes, verse over yes, and over yes. again for three and a half minutes. And it's brilliant because within that verse, it has all these little tiny details that never only come in. No harm, never right, they only no come harm. in for like one little section within this this big structure that just keeps repeating, which is also part of why remixes of it don't work. Right. Is because they don't add enough details to make this one repeating melodic mm-hmm. phrase interesting for a five minute yeah. remix. I feel like Demon Days does a very does what humans does not do in yeah. terms of like making every song sound like a gorilla song. Right. And I feel like humans clearly wants to be Demon Days again. I feel like there's like it wants to yeah, embody that, that soul Gr- somehow. Humans right. human yeah. wants to be Demon Days again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I said. But like, said and even like even the intro like Last Living Souls are we the last? Yeah. So, and then adds all those little keyboard parts you like on top of it. Like it's a gradual building or of like percolation. Even, even the like little nothing tracks on Demon Days. Like when you yeah. get to White Light. Like, White Light. And like, <laughs> like it, this, is, this is like punk all over again, except it's an actual enjoyable, cohesive little weird song. Although it's weird, though, because my other revelation I had listened to it this week is that there are some fans, let's be real, that are kind of don't know what to make about the Dennis Hopper cameo on your <gasps> fire coming out of the monkey's head. Dude, I'm not, I'm not saying I have all these fans. Okay, so, like, fire coming the out of the monkey's word. head is like, I, I know that it isn't as influential as my brain has made it, but I hear it, <laughs> I hear it everywhere. I hear it's like... 
on albums throughout the years following, I, I hear this like late stage spoken word story tracks with that are just like production suites. And I, I feel like as much as you're going to do like a concept album, like I feel like Demon Days is the most concepty of the right. albums well, that come forward because a- it actually has like, it has that creepy, like it has the horror movie sampling intro it has it these very like bass laden like opening songs and then it gets into the pop singles and then it finishes with this three song suite of like there's this story about it is a how story. consumerism is terrible and then after that like you have to like make your way to the afterlife and then right because I mean mm-hmm. fire of the monkey's head it come it ends with like this large mass scale like you know death of everything in the world and then fo- song following is don't get lost in heaven this much more you know bright and shimmery like it feels like it's a through line there and hearing those three songs together I'm like oh wait are you trying to tell a story now like was there supposed to be a story <laughs> this entire time like I was I was unsure about that it's a great collection of singles too kids with guns for the most part I know like I kind of. That's another stumbling through success. Like, it starts out with this doom, 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 doom. And then when the indie rock guitar comes in, and you hear the push it good, you know, you hear all that stuff. Yes, yes, that's another one where he, like, he, like, accidentally found a great chorus. Yeah. 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 I wanted to hate hits with guns. Like, every time I listen to it, I'm like, all right, this song. And then by the end of it, I'm like, yeah. Kids Kids with guns. guns. And you're just like, oh, yeah, really? Yeah? (laughs) Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's all you have for us? But then it, it, like, it really turns into... Oh, and also, low-key, one of my favorite Gorillaz songs is Oh Green World. Okay. There we go. I mean, yes, also All Alone. I have a soft spot for All Alone, even though it's not good. Um, (laughs) But no, Oh Green World. And that, that also brings me into a moment where I think it's... At least twice, maybe more on this album, they use filtered screaming as yeah. a texture. Yeah. On O Green World, they use it sort of as percussion. It's like uh, uh, after you get through the first section, it just goes ah ah ah. <laughs> but that's, but that's <laughs> the and then and then they do that similarly on the outro of Every Planet We Reach Is Dead. There's just like it sort of sounds like it's coming through a radio, mm-hmm. and it's just like. Yeah just like screaming in pain to add this like level over this like intense organ riff and the jazz piano and the sludging anyway and i get that but here's the only thing i'll say is that when we think about comparing these two albums because eventually we do have to nominate a number one and a number two (sighs) i have a feel like both these albums have and i truly mean this a similar number of high points because like gorillas like has some incredible like honey and it but it also has punk it also has latin simone and demon days is you know like this over ambitious but it um, unlike the other ones like it actually lives up to the ambition thing but the closing two songs don't get lost in heaven demon days are kind of floaty kind of of a you know weak outro I love yeah. that shit, and dirty though. Harry. No, I love yeah. the Demon Days title yeah. track. Dirty, like yeah. when you bring in that that full gospel chorus and yeah. they have it's, and they also have, like four part harmony. As much happening. as I love Doom, November has come. November right. have has come as easily the weakest track on <laughs> Demon yeah, Days, exactly. and it's, it's not. They rougher. just they don't. He, his his verse isn't. Great. I know, and Doom is such a good vote. He's such a good MC. I feel and like I don't it's know not a, it's yeah. not a great beat. To be honest, yeah. it's not a great rap beat. It yeah. could have been a, a good, like, indie rock song. Maybe. I feel like they, yeah, there's some weird things here as as such, like, real poppy music where you can see Damon setting up, unintentionally setting up, probably, like, like the, the if you're going back to Gorillaz, like, 
oh, Clint Eastwood is done. And then Dan the Animator is like, I'm going to bring in this dude and he's going to sing on it and he's going to do a verse and you're going to listen to it oh, and God. see how it goes. We didn't even talk yeah. about Dell's verse on Clint Eastwood. Which is the reason that yeah. they're a band. Like, the reason we're ranking this album is, is Dell's verse, verse on, on Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Yeah. No, absolutely. Without that, because none of the other shit would have happened. It's, nothing. it's so... It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like, his flow isn't incredible. His lyrics are Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Yeah. You know that, you know that like, Jamie and Damon like, gave no gave him this concept, and he just fucking Rangers, ran with yeah. it. Like, you know that that verse is better than what they were expecting to get turned in. They, they finished, they, they finished the album. They Wait, finished the song, a... and Dan the Automator is like, hey, I'm gonna bring in this guy that I know, and he's gonna do a verse on this. Just see what you think. Like, the song was done. Oh, God. And then they added that. Which is insane to me, because it's, I mean, without him. The guy from Del, Toronto 3030. Right, I know. Oh, okay. Right, right. So that being said, like, it's one of those things, like, I... Or the ghost rapper, if you're uh, in the lore. If you're in the music video. So, like, Demon Days, I I get it. I I have a feeling. There's a reason why these are number one and number two. I appreciate the fact that it's so much more ambitious and accomplishes so much more than Gorillaz. But at the same time, Gorillaz is such a definite cohesive statement, uh, such a statement of what a band is and what a band can do mm-hmm. that none of this other stuff would have happened were it not for the fact this album was as weird and as forceful and as poppy and as goofy and as, as innovative as it was. So, when it comes down to ranking to it, I think the big thing we have to do, we should go around and say what our number two pick is for this. And I will start, I will get the awkward tension out of the way, I will say that this is just, it might come down to personal preference and that's okay. My number two is Demon Days. John Lizateski. I'm, uh... I hate to do this. I, I hate to do this. Do you? Um, for multiple reasons. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I really feel super dirty about doing this, but I'm going to agree with <laughs> that. Okay. Um, oh, man. Because, but, like, I, I don't... I want to make an argument against myself for that. Like, I don't... I feel, I feel, Terry, we'll do it for you in a minute. But keep Good. saying, keep saying, so keep saying. Arguments. I have lots of... Because I think that Demon Days was so much more ambitious and successfully so on so many levels. But, like, there at the end of the day, Research Week sold me on... Like, Gorillaz was just as good as I... Is, much, is better than I remember. And that was my biggest thing, too. Like, I knew everything I knew about Demon Days before. And I got to read Love right. and read... Because I didn't love O Green World before. I definitely love O Green World now. But listen to the debut again. I'm like, this holds up. Way fucking better than I remember, and and so there's and I, and I do think that Feel Good Inc. is maybe one of the most like whether you want it to or not most iconic pop songs of the last however many years. Like oh god, more than ten years. Yeah, because we're old. old. Yeah, um, you're eighty two. <laughs> But like seriously, there's there's that like beat from donk da dun dum, and I'm like I'm there. I'm, I know exactly what this song is. I know what all three of these songs are at the same track, you know. And I'm I'm feeling every part of it. Yeah. Uh, and I don't I don't think uh, between these two albums that like yeah, artists, and that's like this is this is Michael Jackson level of singles. These like, are this two is, this is Madonna singles. Amazing is, albums like right next to each other. So like I don't like have like such a hard line in love with anything things like that. I do think that there, but as we know, Taron O'Reilly. Here's the spoiler: Demon Days was one of his top ten albums of all time. I just think he wants to get into it. Go I ahead, think Gorillas. Obviously, we all agree these are two very fucking good albums. Yes, yeah. Gorillas is just a little more muted to me. You know, it like it it picked its vein 
and it went with it Mm -hmm. and it does that very well and demon days is just so technicolor it goes all over the goddamn place and it just nails it every single time like it just there there you you said it yourself there's more ambition here and i think it's just so successful in all of the ambitions that it has it it brings in new collaborators it has incredible rap verses we didn't talk about dirty harry and i really i i love that that's sort of like the first time they bring in that maybe like middle eastern musical vibe and i think that works really well with their aesthetic um and also like booty brown's verse on that is really great i don't know i just i i think that the tracks on demon days individually there's just some there are better things here like when you have feel good ink when you have dare like yes gorillas is a very solid album but demon days has just fucking incredible pop singles and so does gorillas though that's that's why that's my counter argument of a very different ilk and obviously still the still same loving place but yeah like tomorrow comes today they didn't really try and replicate that exact sound again later on but it's just the atmosphere it's five seconds in and i'm just there i mean yeah tomorrow comes today was another one that that like i wasn't a huge fan of early on but Mm -hmm. it's now like in my top five favorite gorillas songs it just like like i don't know that any artists not any but it's no one else hits that exact vibe that tomorrow comes today manages so successfully and so quickly too it's just instantaneous right like within the first couple minutes you're like oh this is what you're doing I'm so on board. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm pretty well. All right. Camp I mean, gorillas. you guys. You're pretty well. Do you still feel the same? Way? Oh, no. Oh. Uh. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah. It's fine. No, I, it, because, mm, I wish that Demon Days, part of me wishes that Gorillas and Demon Days weren't right next to each other because I, I do feel like Gorillas is so much cleaner mm-hmm. and like accomplishes its, I guess, less ambitious goal way better than Demon Days accomplishes its way more ambitious goal. Hmm. Is that... Yeah. But I think it accomplishes its way more ambitious goal way better than most albums accomplish anything at all, period, in the history of time. So, I, uh, like, it's... Uh, um, I, listen, I'm petitioning for my Four Non Blondes Tartographers episode. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, he said it before. And once we get that, we'll talk about how that is the greatest album of all time. But <laughs> moving forward, <laughs> that's not going to come today. Um, tomorrow comes today. Tomorrow yeah. comes today. All right. Um, but but I, I just... Ah, it's ah, we can just do it. I... I <laughs> ah, don't, don't feel bad about his feelings. Uh, He's gotten so no. many things. I know. I've, I've won a lot of battles on this podcast. So yeah. I, this is... I guess it comes down to, to me, I don't need to listen to Demon Days. I don't feel the same <laughs> way. Statement. I don't need to. I don't feel the same way when I listen to Demon Days, even though it it lots of it has it has higher points than Gorillas, I think, but it it's also has more. more fun. M, no, I, no, I, I actually, I think, I, did, I think yeah. my you argument think is exactly is against that. Fun? I I think that it is deeper. I think that it is more interesting on a lot of levels, and I don't think it's more fun. And I think that's my central argument, is that I don't... I think Gorillaz is just all all fun, all good, interesting pop music, and it feels like the same band did it, and it feels like the same group 
is 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 playing that music into your soul and it mm-hmm. feels like that same like oh this was the music that i liked in 2001 this is the good music from 2001 and it feels very much like that even though a lot of the tracks feel very different from each other so your vote is <sighs> by a narrow narrow margin my vote is gorillas number one okay well listen guys let's do a quick recap of that right there Number five is The Fall. Uh, number four is Plastic Beach. Number three is Humans. Number two is Demon Days. And number one, we, we all knew it was coming, The Fall again. Somehow I made his way to number one. I don't know how it did that. Now, number one is Gorillaz in a very, very tight rate. And listen, we have talked a lot about all the stuff. But as you know, we have a lot more to say. Taryn is rolling his eyes at the whole <laughs> That wasn't an eye roll. He's yeah. fine. Yeah. Taryn's fine. Yeah. Don't worry. Taryn's fine. <laughs> fine. And I said it, that's that's everything his look is going for right exactly. now. Exactly, <laughs> he's, he's not mad. If you've seen the Russell Westbrook memes, they look a lot like Terrence's face right now. What? All right, so oh, <laughs> we'll have a conversation about this later. <laughs> but that being said, um, <laughs> like how you, I'm you say that into the mic, I'm like they're going to be there. I'm for waiting. It. It. Like it's a secret. It's we're going to cut this out. All right, we so are. <laughs> we aren't though. You keep saying that, but we're not going <laughs> to cut any of it. It's all yeah. pure raw and unfiltered, and available for uh, premium photographers members. There's the unfiltered cut. Members, photographers, members. So guys, listen. Thank you so much for listening. Please do us a favor. Do like us. And rate us on iTunes and find us on SoundCloud and all the other places. We like it when ratings happen. Uh, throw your own list on our Facebook page as well because the people, interesting comments happen on the Facebook page and I love it when it happens. Please do. We usually respond. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's Taryn. You know, it depends. It'll be fun times. Uh, either way, also look up John G. Gleesenteski on Twitter. John Gleesenteski. We gotta, we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Keep on listening because you know there will be. Uh, and we'll see you in the Happy Hour Mini. So right after this, Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. Yes, Queen. This is yes. That's this. Is, I can deal with this. Yeah, this that's excellent. excellent. All right, excellent.